Thanks, Nick. Well, it's great to be together and uh, we're delighted that we can be here uh, uh, with the worship team uh, this morning. And uh, I wish you could see uh, just all the things that have to be put together. And, you know, they've managed to do it without my technical advice. <laughs> yes, good. All right, well, I, I think it's wonderful that people are called to serve. And exciting, I'm looking forward to hearing tonight um, of God's goodness in this extreme time as we share together to hear from uh, Anna and the others. And I'm delighted also that we're uh, doing something again about hope, uh, focused around the uh, furniture shop there, uh, because it does have such high profile. So this morning I want to take a little bit of time to talk to you. I've, I've, I've entitled it um, Adventure of a Lifetime, Any Takers? Adventure of a Lifetime, Any Takers? Because I actually feel that there's an option to kind of get involved or almost be a passerby that just observes and sees it. You know, an adventure isn't something that you'd always choose to embrace. Of course, it's vital that we follow, uh, you know, it, it was very important what Moses said. He said, Lord, unless your presence goes with us, we don't want to go. But it's possible to do the other thing. His presence would go with us and we have to choose to go. The important thing is that we don't make the focus ourselves because we're looking for God, the Holy Spirit, to lead us and the greatest adventure, not always the most comfortable, is when God leads us. When I look back, I was just thinking as we were singing that song, no lie he won't tear down, no mountain he wouldn't climb to, to reach us. And you can't but help focus on what he did. And I was thinking about it, how he sought me out and rescued me, gave me that opportunity, drew me to himself, exposed his love for me, but I still had to choose. And it's always a question of choosing to go God's way or not. And not every, every direction would we actually find to be the most charming and comfortable, but it is the best. Of course, the problem is if we get focused on ourselves, it goes wrong. This is about him and about him having his way and us having like a kind of cameo role in his story. Acts 16. It's, it's one consistent character that carries the story forward in Acts. It's not the apostles, but it is the Holy Spirit breaking out here and there and everywhere. It's about what the Holy Spirit is doing. Now the Holy Spirit is continuing to this day. 
and is looking for a people who will yield and respond to his promptings. And we have that opportunity. Of course, the Holy Spirit is the starring role. And in this story that we're just going to look at, Paul actually is a supporting actor, if you like. He has a part to play. So Dave Simmons is going to go through the story for us uh, about Paul's role helping in the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many, many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that the hope of making money had been taken away, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs that are unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. And the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and so the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and flogged. The crowd joined in and they were beaten with rods. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when the jailer received the order, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God and all the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there came a massive earthquake, a violent, trembling that the foundations of the prison were shaken and all at once all the prison doors were opened and everyone's chains became loose. The jailer <clears throat> woke up and when he saw the prison doors open he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought all the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted don't do it don't harm yourself we're all still here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. Then they spoke to the word, the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. And the jailer at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and he washed their wounds. And then immediately he and his household were all baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Okay, thanks, David. Let's just unstuck that story a little bit. Let's give a, perhaps a little title to the scenes. The first one, let's call it singing. Here we have Paul and Silas beaten and bound in an inner room, restricted by prison gates, stocks and wounds, finding they can give God something which they won't actually be able to do in eternity. They won't be able to do it in heaven. That in a time of pain, in a time of difficulty, there won't be that in heaven. They have the opportunity to worship and they seize that opportunity. Power to praise. The opportunity to choose to follow what the Holy Spirit was doing at that time. Now, it's not always a choice that we would readily make. Let's be real. We probably would prefer to be complaining about the pain or tweeting about the injustice. But that wasn't how Paul was led to respond by the Holy Spirit. Remember, he's playing a part, but this is really what the Holy Spirit is doing. Then the Holy Spirit causes a, a very specific earthquake. Interesting earthquake. I've seen the effects of horrific effects of earthquakes. I've experienced some of them. Not in the extreme, but quite frightening. When I think about it, and I think about one of my earliest visits after the awful earthquake in Italy, and our brothers there asked us to go and, and help them and determine what could be done and what they should do. Utter devastation. But this is an earthquake that does something interesting. It shakes locks open. It's a very specific earthquake. God the Holy Spirit is doing something quite detailed. Undoes stocks, it opens doors rather than just somehow destroying the whole building. So let's move on to the next scene. What's happening here is the prisoners who are now free 
they don't move. Then there's, instead of letting the jailer get his comeuppance, the Holy Spirit is directing, save the jailer's life. Don't do this. Don't kill yourself. Isn't it interesting that in a situation like this, Paul is not distracted by the mistreatment of the system, but he's, would you say, led by the Holy Spirit to maintain a civic duty to help keep law or order or whatever you would like to call it. It's a very strange, quite contrary to natural reactions and response. But it's a Holy Spirit story. It's the Holy Spirit that's taking the lead. And Paul is a part player. Then we go on to the next scene. He leads the jailer to the Lord. Oh, what a privilege that is. Would he wanted to do that in the natural? This guy that had treated him so harshly? But you see, he was being led by what God the Holy Spirit was doing in that situation. Shares the word with them, baptizes them. Then we see a change. A change again that's wrought about when God the Holy Spirit comes to us, lives are changed. The jailer was changed from a, a harsh person mistreating people to somebody who's able to show kindness, bathes their wounds, provides a meal for them. What we see in this story is Paul and Silas didn't just survive the jail, they actually changed it. As they responded to what the Holy Spirit was doing, they brought a dramatic change, playing a bit part in what the Holy Spirit was doing. You see, God doesn't just want us to survive. He's called us to triumph. He's called us to be overcomers. In one of our favourite psalms that we often refer to, Psalm 84, there's this verse that always stands out to me. When they passed through the valley of Baca, a dry, barren, unpleasant place, their very presence caused life springs of water to come up. It wasn't about just surviving, just getting through. It was about changing it as they went through. Survival is the, is the lowest form of existence. And God calls us to be overcomers. <coughs> you see, he wants us to prosper. That's not about living in a place, in a palace, or some luxurious place. It's about living with the smile of his approval. You know, there was a, an erroneous doctrine that went around, it probably is still around. Christians picked up to do with money. Uh, and it was actually called a prosperity doctrine. Problem was, it was built on a completely wrong understanding of the word and of God's heart. It wasn't led by the Holy Spirit. You see, the word prosper in the original means to successfully arrive 
at the conclusion of the journey. It, it doesn't mean necessarily to travel first class. See, prospering is about achieving and walking in the purpose of God. Walking through the valley of Baca. Imagine that. I like to think that we've had opportunity in these rather dark and difficult times to bring some light, some life. Of course, we joined together at Christmas time with the, the whole uh, candles of hope. That was just one outworking. We have the opportunity to bring light and life as we respond and submit to what God the Holy Spirit is doing. You know, it's probably true that if we could choose, we wouldn't have chosen to be living through a virus and lockdown, economic and educational disruption, ongoing health crisis and this pandemic, separation from loved ones. People didn't choose to go to prison. But where he was, as he was open to what the Holy Spirit was doing, God could use him. And to be used of God is a great, great privilege. I guess on the pilgrimage going through the Valley of Baca, they wouldn't have chosen that route. But you see, that's the adventure. The adventure is not just how nice the scenery is, is what is God doing? What can God take you or me to do in a given time? Looking at what the Holy Spirit is doing in these different places and points. Lord, what is on your agenda? That's an adventure. You know, not every, every journey is, is an exciting, desirable thing. It basically... When I come to think about it, not every journey I've had has been like that. I remember uh, embarking on the journey when 9-11 took place. And that led to, I think, four nights laying on the floor of a kind of indoor arena conference place in Newfoundland. What was the People sometimes said, what was the purpose of that? I can't always explain the purpose. I do know that I had opportunity for an extended time with the group of people. It was just a small group of the 300 people that were sharing the floor of this place. Man, what a symphony of snoring. Never heard anything quite like it. Of course, it, I wasn't part of that. Being a bit player... See, Gideon was like that. The Holy Spirit clothed himself with Gideon. Now, there's an adventure. See, it's not about me. It's about this question, what have I got? What could I do that I could be involved, big or small? That's the question. Lord, what would you do with me today? Remember the... Bible talks about giving a cup of water in the name of Jesus. What do you think that means? See, suddenly it trans is transformed from a cup of water 
to something of the ministering of the Spirit of God. A simple act, an opportunity, a contact, a phone call, a smile, a word in the right place. It can transform, using this example, a cup of water into something that ministers the life of God. It doesn't have to look impressive. It's the Holy Spirit who's impressive, shakes prison doors off their hinges, holds prisoners inside cells even though the door is open, causes a battle-hardened jailer to, to drop to his knees trembling. Could we be satisfied just having a role to play, but at the same time be open to see Lord, what have you got for me this day? I don't get to pick the role. In fact, the role, what I do, is less significant than submitting to his lordship. Look around us. I'm thinking right now, my dear sister, Sheila. Now, she's been on teams to different places. She talks longingly of Zimbabwe. But there she is, not very mobile, health not very good, but she's doing the thing that God gave her to do and that is to pray. And one day, when all is revealed, we might see the significance of somebody who couldn't do very much else but did what God gave them to do and how powerful and the effect that has. I think of Vic Morgan who didn't have employment for a period of time and started to research just the thing that she felt God gave her to do. That research led her into a different employment of nowadays significant opportunity to influence. And in the course of time, we'll hear more about that. I look back and I think, what was the point of Avril? being ill and so very ill over those years. Now, some things you can see. What God downloaded to her at that time. But you see, it's not our job to understand. It's our job to say, Lord, what have you got at this time? When she couldn't eat, when she couldn't drink, when she's laying there in pain, what else could she do? She could talk to God. And God could talk to her. Let's come back to something that's more ordinary. Mum at home. Housework, kids to look after. Maybe would like to be doing something else. And yet, that's the role. And it doesn't really matter if we access, Lord, what have you got? for me today. You see, we don't need a different role to be used by God. Sometimes, let's come back to the prison story, all we need to do is sing. Here I am, Lord. I'm available to you to sing and worship him. 
Lord, I want to be sent forth. How can I be involved? Lord, how can I be just a small player, a bit player in your story? Who could I contact? Lord, what would you use me for? Who can I show an act of kindness for this day? Who can I reach out to? Who can I intercede for? Lord, use me. You see, we're all on a journey. There is a purpose. There was a purpose for Paul on his journey. God's purpose and submitting to him opened the way. Yeah, there are different times, different stages in the journey. But at any place, at any time, and this is what I believe God is saying to us now, we have had, we do have, we will have the opportunity because God the Holy Spirit, and this is the thing that excites me, I am constantly now hearing stories of God nudging someone. I'm talking about even within our community. God putting somebody in a particular place, not for their aggrandizement, but for his purpose. What have we always said? We use that phrase, don't we? When it's raining, pray for rain. When we see what God's doing, just like Jesus did, we get behind it. And at this time, God is leading us and giving us opportunities by the power of his Holy Spirit, by the leading of his Holy Spirit, to reach out, to show his love, acts of kindness, times of prayer, intercession, a word here, a call there. Doesn't sound very grand, but if it's God, isn't it true to say, if it's God, if it's the Lord's doing, it's marvellous in our sight. We have a purpose, a destination, to please God, to know his presence. You know, when, when Joshua was getting ready to cross Jordan, do you know the big deal? Oh, it was pretty dramatic. The waters parting and all those things happening. But the big deal was he had to listen to what God was saying, to follow what the Holy Spirit was directing. When it was to tell the people to consecrate, consecrate themselves, to do that. When it was to have the priests step forward and stand in the water, when it was to set up a monument, just the things, the rest God did. We don't want to be distracted by the pressures, by the affairs of this world. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. God has purchased us through the blood of Jesus Christ to be part of his people and granted to us to be led of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask Stephen to come. And I'd like us to really commit at this time to say, Lord, it's not about me. It's about you. It's about being led by your Holy Spirit. We use this song. It's a prayer. This is my desire, Lord. This is my desire to follow you, to give myself to you. Lord, that prayer is that you would take that up and 
grant that leading of your Holy Spirit and grace for me and grace for you to follow it so that we might be part of this mighty army of the Holy Spirit moving forward. This is my desire. Of course, it's quite important that we sing the truth. And you may need to take a moment just to make sure, yeah, Lord, this is what I want. And if that desire gets a little bit interrupted, distracted, right now I want to come to the place where I can honestly say, and by your grace will you bring me to that place where I can say, this is my desire, Lord. Thank you, Stephen. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart, I worship you.
So there's really an opportunity to be led by God, to show, to show God's love. And it might not necessarily be a, a grand thing. It could be very simple things. It could be coming to that point of asking God, Lord, who do you have for me to contact? Who do you have for me to step out and, and, and do an act of kindness or something? But I really believe that God has things for us. And I'm just going to pray. Lord God, I thank you that you've showered us with your love. Lord, I thank you that you've brought us into a place of, of relationship with you. And Lord, I pray that we respond to those nudges, Lord. That if it's as simple as checking up on someone, if it's as simple as walking a different route to bump into someone or knock on someone's door, Lord God, that we wouldn't ignore those things, Lord. Because it's not about us, Lord, it's about you. And Lord, I just pray that we are led by your Holy Spirit and we actively choose to respond to that, Lord God.